Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a holiday coffee podcast. Oh, happy holidays. Hey, guys. It's our end of December holiday episode. Extravaganza. Yeah. But ha- happy solstice, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, um, happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. I think that happens in the end of December. I don't know what other holidays are celebrated this time well, of year. Well, there's Oh, for the rest oh. of us. Yeah. That's an important one for mm-hmm. the the Seinfeld listener. Yep. Viewer. Viewer. Yep. We started watching Seinfeld again. Well, have you got... watched it recently? Uh, I have watched it recently because Jason's been watching it. Oh yeah. So I've caught several episodes. Yeah. It's kind of funny show. I still like it. It is pretty funny. Still. And I like yeah. it differently than when I was like ten watching it um, on reruns because that's what like was in between The Simpsons and another mm. Simpsons episode or something. I was probably already an adult when it first came out, so. I'm having the same exact experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so today we're here with a holiday extravaganza. And with the coming of the new year, uh, we fought, thought we would try a, a new format. Slightly I, new. Well, Slightly I, new yeah, format. so we're going to put the clarifications a little bit later while the coffee's brewing, because usually when the coffee's brewing, we just kind of sit around and stare at each other. Yeah. We cut that part out because it's bad audio. <laughs> right. <laughs> The other new part is that we're getting right into the motherfucking story. Today. Well, we just we're trying that. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to. Um, which is super important culturally. Um, <laughs> well, before we get before you get started, Marcus is like chomping at the bed. He's so excited to tell us about his favorite drink. Today's episode, we are going to be doing eggnog. It's going to be an eggnog flavored coffee called Jolliest Bunch of Assholes. From Expedition Roasters. <laughs> First of all, I love that. That's a really great name. It mm-hmm. is a really great name. Yeah. I like the packaging too. And <laughs> so, for those of us that don't know, Jenny, can you explain like how our podcast was originally conceived? What is the whole, what's the point of this? This is a podcast. We're three friends, coffee industry professionals, and coworkers. That's right. We work together. I didn't go to work to the warehouse at all last week when anyone was there, so I forgot that we worked together. (laughs) (laughs) And so what we do is every other week, we get together and we explore this beautiful world, this this spinning piece of rock in the universe. We explore all of its intricacies and its delicacies by giving everything no bad reviews. Unless you're a colonialist. Colonist? Colonizer? That work. Both work. All of it? Yeah. Do you rub graves? We're a, we might not condone that. We're we're a we're a light bulb on a rich string of history. There you go. Oh, I, I like love that. that. Especially yeah. with the it's so festive. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. Right back on fucking track right now. Great. <laughs> I'm Marcus, and I roast coffee, and I drink coffee, and this week I'm an expert on the history of. Eggy Nagi. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I work at a coffee company called Modest Coffee, and I would like to request that you stop ordering gift samples <laughs> for the holiday season. <laughs> They're a major pain in the ass. Thank you. I would like to ask you to ignore what Steph just said. <laughs> it's a really great gift because you get to give out like half bags and try all of our coffees. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to be doing eggnog. This the is... rich and creamy history <laughs> of eggnog. <laughs> People have been mixing eggs, milk, alcohol, sugar, and spices 
for like thousands of years. Really? Yeah. It what? goes back a long fucking history. I'm surprised by this. It's crazy. It definitely felt like 1500s England is where this started. The first documented proof of like a mixture like this was called posset or poshet from England, 1360. Whoa. 1360, so like 700 years ago? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's right. not thousands of years, but close. They didn't have writing thousands of years ago. And they I, weren't writing cookbooks. I think that they might have had writing thousands of years ago. But they weren't writing cookbooks, though. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They had, like, you know, fucking history to write. They weren't like, eh, you know, how, here's how you make posh it. Well, ladies were probably making the eggnog, and ladies didn't need to know how to write. Yeah. You know what? I am now on a quest to find the oldest cookbook. Stay tuned for a future episode. Cool. This might be one of them because it was like the history of, of it was it was like a cookery book or something manual for like cooking and this posset came up and it was Interesting. just milk and it started out. Um, so eggnog, if you have to like look at the genealogy of like where eggnog came from, it started out as this mixture of milk, citrus, something to make it curdle mm -hmm. and sack wine which was like a fortified wine like sherry or something like okay. that um and it was predominantly given to like rich people who could afford milk but then also it was a remedy for poor people in the winter so mm. if somebody was like sick it was like really nutrient rich and like helped make them feel better and it was served warm so it was like a boiled milk product boiled curdled milk yeah and, and so it was like a hot toddy almost almost like a hot toddy right but like milk based hot toddy right Huh. Yeah. The, this, you know, I know you're looking a little horrified right now, but um, <laughs> it's kind of not that different than like yogurt or okay. custard. Like custard is also just like a curdled eggs and milk because it's okay. been baked. Yeah, I like all that. I just hear curdled and it makes me think bad. Yeah. And so I guess like they would drink it really fast before it would like totally separate and curdle. Okay. But, yeah, but eventually it would curdle and that that sort of was the next evolution of this drink. Um but we're still just like just milk and alcohol and like some sort of acid to like make poor people feel better and then rich people feel superior mm, i was gonna say also like have you ever had to make buttermilk like for a recipe you just oh, mm -hmm. add the vinegar or whatever or mm -hmm. lemon juice mm -hmm. yeah yeah not so different yeah, yeah. Okay. but by the 1400s though this thing was in these like cookery manuals there's a lot of them from back then i guess well, not a lot but there's like a fair amount and this posset was like on fire like people were fucking loving it they were loving like make, it was like became like family heirlooms. There were like posset pots that looked like teapots that huh. people would mix it in. Like huh. one was gifted to a queen from like fifteen hundred and something like that. So it was like for four hundred years this posset or poshet, depending on how you pronounce it. So I was completely was right about where I was in Im imagining this was like England. Yeah. Around this time period. For sure. Oh, good. Look yeah. at me. I'm so smart. Curdled milk and sherry. Sounds like the British. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They were popular for like another 400 years. Shakespeare referenced them, possets. Oh. I mean, it was like up until the 1700s, like the shits were jamming. Um, poor people used to thicken their possets. And it wasn't like, it was like they, they evolved, right? It was just like milk, cream, whatever. Like bread, they'd add bread to it to thicken it to make it more like, you know, richer. Uh -huh. Bread, um, now that you got me at gross. Mm -hmm. People started adding eggs to their posets. Oh, so eggs weren't in eggs OG. Were not a part of the equation. Okay. Right. Interesting. Right. Uh, so this is where it becomes a little more custardy. Uh-huh. And then when they started adding egg, egg yolks as like a thickener, rich people were doing that because like, I guess milk was really hard to come by back in the day. And then eggs were really, really hard to come by if you were poor. I thought like, hmm. like in England well, or whatever, like everybody had that, but apparently yeah, not. That's well, surprising. Did, did we not learn from our uh, St. Patrick's Day episode that yes, those things were available, but the the poor tenant farmers had to give up all of mm. the things that the rich people wanted, mm. and they were only allowed to have what was left over. And if there was like a poor crop or. You know, the rich guy was like, just give me it all because I'm super into eggnog. Mm. Well, you're kind of fucked, you know? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the 16th century before people started to let that cool down um, and start drinking it cold. Um, and the possets, when that happened, they, like, eggs were full on, like, part of the equation here. And... 
They would whip up the, the ingredients together, mix it all together. And you guys ever heard of the syllabub? I've heard of that. You know what that is? I don't no. know what a syllabub is. Oh, wait, does it have to do with college? Ah, uh, so scylla is the French word for wine. Oh. And bub was froth or bubbly. Oh. It was like an English slang, like syllabub. They mixed it up, they whipped it together. And this is where it's fucking weird, is that the eggs, the milk would curdle mm-hmm. together and become like a pudding. Okay. And so they'd eat the top with a spoon and then drink the alcohol with a straw. Hmm. And there's like a dessert. So it's like a dessert wine. And always around the holidays because the same idea of like mixing stuff to extend the harvest of that milk and like letting it stay longer. Mm-hmm. So Wait, it was always they, like popular around the holidays. Were they cooking it? Is that how, it still, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's how the curdling happened was mm-hmm. through the boiling. They also that's also how you make cheese. Like mm. rennet will curdle it and then you get your your curds and whey right. or like you can make farmer's cheese with like vinegar to do that separation and boiling it. So this is totally makes complete sense to me because basically what you're doing is you're making like a sweetened like farmer's cheese essentially. Kind of. With that. Oh, that's a really interesting way to. And they had like the the acid to break it still. Yeah. And some of these like uh, some of these syllabubs are like really pretty and they have like, you know, like like tart cherry and so it'll look like curd on top and then like a boozy bottom and it was like really fun mm-hmm. that yeah. sounds pretty cool yeah and this shit was all the rage in the 1500s like all over the empire like rich people were getting fucking jamming over this stuff mm-hmm. um <laughs> always the rich people i know and um it became particularly popular in colonial america Oh. Imagine that. Yeah. I can totally see why. Yeah. I mean, there's there's way more cows, way more like Wait, chickens. Were there more cows here when they showed up? Uh, in colonial America, yes, more cows and more chickens than in England, for sure. Per capita. Per capita. Hmm. Oh, because all the rich people are the ones that came over? No, in that per capita, I wonder if they're counting slaves. They were not drinking fucking syllabub, I'll right. tell you that much. Um, it so was predominantly person, just rich people. Yeah. It was popular amongst like the English gentry, which these were colonial Americans were still British. Like they were still like, they identified as like English. Right, exactly. People and women <laughs> t- typically were drink- drinking as like really popular amongst women. Huh. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There's a recipe. I've said that before. <laughs> like with the froth. Like, I guess milk right out of a cow was, like, particularly frothy. Mm-hmm. And there's a recipe in one of these cookery books from the 1700s that was like, just go out with a bucket of alcohol and, like, pour the milk straight from the cow <laughs> right into it and then whip it up. And there's your, like, that makes the best um, syllabub. Oh, yeah. It would be warm and frothy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and for sure it would have, huh. like, if you're trying to whip it up, too, it has all that milk fat in it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Be- you know, before you take it to whipped cream and butter. Yeah. I can't decide if that sounds really fantastic or really gross just like straight out of the cow like that it's probably good it probably is it probably tastes really good it's just like kind of weird as a 21st century american to think about (laughs) have you ever had raw milk i don't know if i have i've had raw cheese have you ever sought out raw milk i guess is what i'm saying um only for like entertainment purposes Mm. like oh really you're buying raw milk because it's like illegal yeah so i think it's fun Uh uh-huh but I don't think I've ever actually bought any because I worry about, like, making my kids sick. Oh. We used to do raw milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were raw milk people. It's just a pain in the ass to go find it. Right. Like, you got to drive so far. You got to find some weird-ass fucking farmer who will Black sell it to you. Black market fridge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you put cash in a drawer, and it's like, and then they, like, buzz you into a room, and you're allowed <laughs> to grab your It's fucking... They're like a super Christian mafia or yeah. something. Kind of. Yeah, we've done that. Oh, my God. There's the weirdest place in uh, Carroll Stream. It's like... <laughs> A farm this in the middle of a subdivision. It's fine. It's like, <laughs> so you know, Carol Stream is not rural. Right. But it's this weird rural patch of land at the end of a road that's surrounded by this road has like subdivision houses. But when you get to the end of it, it's this weird little one acre and they have like all these random ass animals. And then there is like a little shed like that has like a bl- like a flickering light inside <laughs> and there's this like little fridge you just open it up and you take your milk out and it's like so weird mm. it's the weirdest place i've ever been it's like if you pay attention to the news now that we've talked about it it's going to be like local black market farm shut down no because like i mean they sell like, it no. on the internet you can buy it on the internet 
It's on the black web, though. Yeah. It's a dark, dark web. web. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so uh, the question is, is how do you get from this, like, like fucked up, like, separated, curdled thing to, like, eggnog, mm-hmm. right? Like, I was trying to find the link there. And um, we do get to thank the colonial Americans for oh, that. Oh, yeah. thank you yet again. Right. They really oh, took nice. it to another level. Um, Wait, what did you say? I was still thinking about that weird-ass farm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this drink just evolves, right? People like to mix these four ingredients together. Um, sugar, too, was also part of the mix, too. So that's why a lot of the rich people were, were enjoying it. Um, but in, like, the 17th and 18th centuries, possets and syllabub started to lose their popularity in, like, England proper. But because of cows and farms, it was, like, cheaper here to make it. And it went from this, like, rich person to, like, everybody. Like, fucking everybody was drinking it, especially around the holidays. Um, And so it's just really, like, a drink of the people and more common just across America in general. Have you ever been at a party where Marcus has made eggnog? Yes, I'm pretty sure I've had Marcus's eggnog. It's boozy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you serve at your parties is boozy as fuck. The punch bowl is like the scariest thing. (laughs) That's not wrong. Stay away from that punch bowl. Just have one. Just one in a tiny glass. (laughs) (laughs) And all of Marcus's recipes are from like Founding Fathers. He's got like a Founding Fathers cookbook. They were getting lit in the 1700s. (laughs) Um, Actually, the recipe that I made for my eggnog is George Washington's, um, which I found out through the course of this research that he actually didn't have uh, a handwritten recipe. It was like somebody faked it later, so it was fake news. It was still from like the 19th century, but not from the 18th century, which is when George Washington was around. Lies. Um, yeah, Farmer's Almanac disputed that, or, you know, set that record straight for Interesting. me. I know. So I was using his recipe, but it wasn't actually his recipe. Mm. Um, so interesting thing though too is america's we were closer to the caribbean so we had rum mm. for the cheap we had the oh. dairy we had the eggs we had the, the cream we had the sugar we had the spices yeah i was gonna say so, eggs are probably or sugar is probably easier to come by too everything right it was all cheaper to get in america than in england and so eggnog is a slang of egg and grog egg and grog oh, oh. grog was a slang for rum caribbean rum oh um and they were served in little wooden, wooden like cups that were carved. They were called noggins, huh. so it just became eggnog. Interesting. Yeah. Egg, egg, and grog. Eggnog. Yeah. Oh, I wish we had little tiny wooden cups to drink it out mm-hmm. of. Isn't that cool? <laughs> this en- entomo- entomology. That's what this entomology. The like progression of speech. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. I know. Um, the first published bartender book from the year 1800 mm. had a recipe for eggnog in it. And at that point, it was like fully cooled. Um, okay. And uh, I did some research too. Apparently, alcohol does two things to eggs. It cooks them through like a chemical, like oh. kind of like ceviche. Right. right? Yeah, I was going to, uh, that's what exactly what I thought of right away when you said that. Yeah. Okay. It cooks the proteins in eggs. And then... Also, if you leave alcohol for um, with eggs for three weeks or more, it totally kills um, salmonella, like one hundred percent. Do you have to leave gotcha. that at room temperature? No, for it has three to be kept weeks? refrigerated. So okay. it's in, getting colder outside. People are mixing milk, eggs, rum. And letting it age, and then it they could you can age it for a year up to a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. And apparently, it gets better with age too. How old is the eggnog that we're going to be drinking today? <laughs> <laughs> Three days. <laughs> um, but nowadays, too, I guess salmonella poisoning from eggs is like super uncommon. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, like you'd get a bad egg, and that was like that bad egg was the salmonella egg. Ugh. Um, yeah, they don't. I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's still somewhat common, but I think you're going to more likely to get salmonella from like leafy greens or something these days. Yeah. Yeah. Than eggs. Yeah, not from like washed eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The estate of George Washington's like family set the record straight. They're like, "That's not our recipe. Sorry, we have like a rec- we have like a history book um, from Martha Washington's cookbook, and it's not in there. So that's not our record." Hmm. Oh, um, so what's his? Ac- where, where is his fucking recipe so then? Come on, Washington's family, give it up. That's what's fucking weird is that there's a whole like society of people that are family of 
the Washingtons. This reminds me of the Mayfair people. Uh, like the Society of the Mayfairs. Yeah, now yeah. we have a Society of the Washingtons. You have a Society of like Washington, like descendants. Like descendants, right. Wow. Um, and this guy's like great grandma did a, he did an article. He's like a bartender um, with popular mechanics. And we'll post that on the online, but we'll put it in our Facebook group, put it in our Facebook group. No too. bad reviews, colon, a Facebook community. Um, I mean, a coffee community. Yeah. <laughs> it is on Facebook. Facebook community. Look, you don't have to like Facebook to join our group. Just come in there, set your notifications and then just show up there. You don't have to go do any of that other Zuckerberg bullshit. Right. <laughs> But it's funny because, like, he's like, this is my family recipe. It's been passed down, like, from my great-grandmother who was, like, you know, generationally. So it's, like, a 100 years removed or whatever. This and is first crazy. I mean, I guess they would be proud of that history, right? I just can't imagine being part of a society of people who shared a common ancestor. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And they all, like, show – do they have family reunions? They do. Yeah. And making the fucking eggnog, he was like, it is a rite of passage for our family because, like, George Washington loved eggnog. Huh. Well, of course he did. It was documented. And they sent, they were like, his recipe, the recipe that was, like, you know, claimed as, like, the George Washington recipe had brandy and rum. And they were like, "It's, it's a good recipe. It's an old recipe. It's not our recipe because American Revolution. They couldn't get Caribbean rum. So George Washington swapped it out for American bourbon. Hmm. Oh. oh. And we know who was making the bourbon. Yeah. This is really interesting. The yeah. Caribbean slaves, right? Mm-hmm. That they brought in right. to make. Right. And he had a distillery and the, his recipe and like they, uh, the estate sent this like message to the farmer's almanac and was like, here's our recipe for. Oh, it's nice that they shared it and they're yeah. not just hoarding it for themselves. Right. Yeah. And so, and then that, that one nice. was like in line with this guy's that I saw in Popular Mechanics. So I sort of like connected with that. Oh man! Cool. So is that what you're going to make at the New Year's party? Well, see, like I, I think we might be having a New Year's. Hold party. on, I was just going to say, is this an official <laughs> announcement that you guys are doing your New Year's party? I think it might yeah. be. If you're a listener of the podcast, you're invited. You just have to find our house. We're not posting that online. <laughs> but do come um, and if anybody you can, find can it. Google that information oh okay well <laughs> should come on by, by. stop by new, new year's. year's eve yeah we'll be happy to see you um, especially if you're a listener of the podcast yeah fly in from hong kong fuck yeah cool. or boston i want francine to come i, I want to be friends with francine mm-hmm. now we're yeah. gonna talk about you're her invited. later yeah. yeah um francine so personal invite i made that original george washington quote unquote george washington one and it was brandy and rum uh-huh. and the combination of brandy and rum together like that is the fucking egg not fake eggnog flavor. Okay. It's amazing. I don't know if you've ever like tried my have you tried my eggnog? I swear that I have, but it's usually it's at that hard point, it's to like remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well it's like that's those two alcohols together make a really like distinct flavor that's like, oh, that's fucking eggnog, right? Awesome. Um and so I haven't tried bourbon. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it ca- how like that compares, but it just called for bourbon. Okay. So we I mean, can try. We can try the revolutionary bourbon eggnog. I'm, you know, maybe right. I'll, <laughs> we'll see. I haven't just. I'll have to. Maybe maybe we'll mix bourbon for our love it or leave it uh-huh. and see like how that tastes. Okay. Right. And we'll go. Man, you should have made some eggnog for love it or leave it. I'll make instead it instead of getting it's that store bought stuff. I know. All right. Well, it's fine. Tease. I will make it. You it's know what? Like You're not me. Intensive. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the cow. Yeah. You're not me. <laughs> Squirt it right into the bucket. I would have done that. I know. I would have gone out. I would have just drove half an hour west to here, found myself a cow. It looks like it's probably easy to milk a cow. Look, if Paris Hilton and whatever, Nicole, whatever her name is, Richie, could milk a cow on The Simple Life, I'm sure I could. Yeah. And look, you can help me with that because I want to make the eggnog now in oh, preparation for freebies. New Year's. Nice. Right. All right. So we're going to have a New Year's love it or leave it. But you have to be live in person. Awesome. And yeah. apparently it does like thicken and get like even better over time. I'm so, very excited for I know, this. I'm pretty fucking stoked. Every year I've always made it like that day. Mm-hmm. You know, so do this we have, is the year. Do we have to go get some raw milk? <laughs> it's milk and cream. Sugar. I'll put the recipe online, but milk, cream, sugar, nutmeg, and some other spices if you want to. Cinnamon, clove, I think are acceptable. But the traditional one is uh, milk, cream, sugar, egg, and nutmeg, and booze. That's awesome. It. That's it. Wow. Yeah. 
That is my history of eggnog, guys. Oh, uh, you didn't take it into the 20th century? So now it's largely unchanged, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of people that are making fucking fake eggnog, you know, and, like, that have bottled that flavor or whatever. And But from that moment to where we are now, it really hasn't changed a whole lot. But I will tell you that in my research, like, eggnog... And making it traditionally is coming back. People are fucking loving it. Oh. It's becoming like a big thing. I, I think... feel like it's time for a resurgence, right? Mm-hmm. It's been hundreds of years. Yeah. And like, well, plus two, everybody was doing the non-alcoholic, like, you know, maltodextrin, you know, th- artificially thickened fucking bullshit that you would get at the grocery store. Mm, yeah. You know, from when we were kids and mm-hmm. when you were a young adult. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> 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 Fucking millennials. <laughs> That's so funny. No <laughs> <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> and like taking time to make it, you've got to separate the eggs, the whites, and mix them and add them. And there's layers and steps, okay, which, yeah. like, you know, my parents didn't fucking, you know, had no. Oh my God, could, no. No, couldn't be bothered with that. They're not right? from a generation of that, though. Like, there are grandparents were like, you know, Depression era fucking open a can of soup you got a meal our parents that was them learning from that and then our generation was like Ugh, come yeah. on. That's gross <laughs> let's get right. back let's get back to like great grandparents let's yeah. take it let's re- take a rewind take it right, yeah. which we are right and so there's like there is like a huge interest in like making eggnog again and so it's like popular it's more it's popular now as it's ever been in america <laughs> at least yeah so that's what I got for you guys. Interesting. I hope you enjoyed my history of eggnog. Awesome. Thanks, Marcus. That's yeah, that's cool. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah. My pleasure. So we have this fucking, like, hilarious <laughs> coffee, which um, is an obvious reference to um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, my second favorite Christmas movie. What's your first? The original How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon. Oh, that's a good oh one. that one's cute. Yeah. yeah Love that one. It touches my heart, my tiny two sizes, too small heart every year. That's great. Somehow I can totally see this. (laughs) It seems like a perfect. Our um, tradition with National Lampoon's Christmas is to wait till the kids are in bed on Christmas Day and put it on. Um, But usually I fall asleep like 18 minutes in. Okay. I don't think I've ever even seen the middle of. I mean, it's a great holiday tradition. (laughs) We go to bed early. For the movie play. <laughs> um, yeah, so the bag is super cute. And that is, of course, part of what drew us to this particular. There were several eggnog coffees out there. Go um, figure. I want to, I'm going to start off by saying I think this is like a cute bag marketing company more than it is a good coffee company. Mm. I mean, we'll see. This gives me Bones vibes. Yeah. Which is like marketing company. I I think it's a marketing company, but I think their story is actually pretty cute, and I like them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll talk about this just really quickly. The Jolliest Bunch of Assholes. At the front of it, it has a cute little cat, and then it has this uh, wispiness on it that I think is to make it look like a tree. Yes. With an ornament. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got the car from, that's the car from Christmas Vacation, Uh right? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. With Um, the, like, the tree still has the roots on it because they got to it and forgot (laughs) a saw. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, a cup of something or another. That's a cup of eggnog. Yeah. They have the um the little moose cups yeah. with the eggnog. Is this Wally. also from Christmas Vacation? Yeah. Well, that's from yeah. the original Christmas Vacation when they went to Wally World. The those are Wally World moose cups. But okay. they drink from them they do drink in from them. the Christmas yeah. movie. Okay, yes. but so, it's a reference to Wally World. Okay, it's fucking, it's like so meta that movie. <laughs> so I didn't grow up with the movie. My parents for some reason didn't. It wasn't in our holiday rotation. Isn't that weird? Hmm. Oh, I don't no, know my why. parents never would have watched that movie either. It's obscene. Um, I, I'm not going to win Parent of the Year. I took my kids to see Violent Night, um, and they no, it's now one of their favorite Christmas movies, so we're going to make that a holiday tradition. Oh, that's so, so sweet. So fucking cute. Mm-hmm. And so gory. So looking to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas ever? <laughs> Can't wait to have all your family over, even that hick cousin of yours? That's great. Don't worry. We've got you covered with the jolliest bunch of assholes roast. So sit back, enjoy a cup, and don't worry. Everything will be just fine when Santa squeezes down the chimney tonight. I do want to say that I think people who are live in rural America would object to being called hicks. <laughs> but 
I, that's a specific reference to Cousin Eddie for right. the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think this is a great time to mention that a couple years ago on Halloween, Jenny and Marcus parked a giant RV in front of my house, stepped out of it dressed as <laughs> Catherine and Cousin Eddie. It was the and best. And it was the funniest fucking thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> in Nailed my life. Nailed it. I think that oh was my God. My, my so good. That was definitely our best Halloween. Robe. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a, a two sizes too small women's bathroom. Oh my God. So, and then just passing out candy from the door of the RV right in front. It was so great. It was so great, you guys. Yeah, that we nailed it that year. That was great. Uh, that was good. so good. That was fun costuming for sure. Yeah, it's good memories. Yeah, and I would say that rope was the most expensive thing on like all of our outfits. Maybe more expensive than the RV itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the RV was a character. Um, the RV's on the back of the bag. Maybe we could put that photo of us in the show, in like the yeah. Instagram, on our Instagram. Awesome. So yeah. Cute. So what'd you so find cute. out about this company? Yeah. So the packaging's really adorable. It is very cute. Um, I My guess is that they have money and they are throwing the money that they already have for marketing into marketing themselves some more and selling coffee. They're actually way sweeter than that. I I was sure that this guy was going to like, I made a fortune in marketing. And yeah. Then, but that that's not the story. Oh. Um. Okay. Well, color me surprised. Yeah. I think you'll like this one. So this company. Let me just point out. Foot pedal sealed. Foot pedal sealed. They got a foot pedal sealer. So you know that they're not too gigantic. They're not right. too gigantic. Expedition Roasters started in 2014. They're out of Westwood, New Jersey. They have fewer than 10 employees and around a million dollars a year in revenue, which is a little hard to believe. I maybe should have double-checked that figure because that seems kind of high to me, but I maybe. Think they, I think they could do it if they had, like, less than 10 full-time employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, to do a million dollars with a coffee with a foot pedal, I'm surprised they have any employees left. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. Okay. Um, okay, so the founders are a married couple, Eric and Marlene Cantor. Eric is like the coffee guy, and Marlene handles the books and reigns him in. Aww. Who does this remind you of? <laughs> Steph's telling our story right now, but aside Marlene, from the million dollars. That name, is she 63? I don't think so. Um, I, I didn't see pictures of her. I did see pictures of Eric, and he looks like somewhere in, I don't want to say, our age range, Marcus. He's Gen X. <laughs> he might be millennial. He's like in, He's. Some, I would say he's somewhere in between our ages. Okay. That's what I would say. All right. All right. You know. Um. So he's my age. <laughs> there you go. He's Jenny's age. Okay. He, um, it's really cute the way they started the company. They originally were called Smiling Dog Coffee Company. And Eric's sister worked a lot with animal rescues. And they had a couple rescue dogs themselves. And the rescue that she worked with was, of course, always trying to fundraise and looking for money. And so he had this idea somehow that he would do this, like, little tiny part-time coffee company. And it still is, like, sort of a hobby part-time deal for them. He's a- do you see me blinking at a million dollars in sales right. as a hobby? Exactly. Must- yeah. In somehow. New Jersey. You know what? That <laughs> must be nice to there. have a million dollar hobby. <laughs> right. You should get one of those. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having one. Um, he is a clinical researcher and his wife is a teacher. Hmm. <laughs> <Jenny>. <laughs> it's like these normal people that go on House Hunters International and they're like, they're like, what's your budget? I don't know. 1.3 million fucking dollars. You know, I've got $200,000 set aside to do renovations, but you know, what do you do for a living? I'm a janitor. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. So they started this as like strictly a way to like, we'll just like sell a few bags of coffee. We'll roast on a tiny roaster and sell a few bags and we'll just give all the proceeds to this. Like we'll put the money in and we'll give the proceeds to this dog rescue. It was just like a nice thing to do. Things went well with the, like, Smiling Dog Coffee Company. Obviously. And they decided to, like, rebrand, basically. Like, oh, this is going well, and this could really be something, and we should maybe put a little more Hmm. thought into it. They do still donate a portion of the proceeds from each bag to charitable causes, including animal rescues and veterans, um, charities, and things like that. Love it. Um, So the thing about... Eric and Marlene is they both really love 
Disney. Oh. I've met people like that. Yeah. I'm not going to talk any trash. I have a f- couple of friends who are into Disney. Like as um, an identity? Like they well, like it's a part of themselves? I mean, like they go once a year on their annual Mecca to... People are kind of weird about Disney, I right? I've right. never been a Disney person ever. And I think I learned more about Disney this week from this episode than... <laughs> This, I, like, we I, are in dangerous water right here. We have this is we've got to tread lightly. Yes, yes. Okay. We don't want to offend anyone. Right, right. So yeah, a lot of people like Disney, and that's fine. There are a lot of people <laughs> who like Disney. Marcus's sister loves Disney. My oh, sister, my cousin. Uh huh. Yeah. So there you go. They're very into know, Disney. Don't talk shit or the pitchforks. They will come out. <laughs> have you ever been to Disney World stuff? Um, I've never been to Disney World. I went to Disneyland once when I was um, probably like junior high aged, and it kind of sucked because no one would go on any rides with me because that's the kind of family I grew up in. We went to Disneyland and we're like looking at the rides. Yeah. Did you go on them by yourself? I mean, though, I went on a few by myself, but it's just not fun to yeah. go on a big scary roller coaster and all you by lean yourself. Over and you're like, wasn't that? Fun. You're like ripping like the <laughs> arm of some dude next to you. <laughs> I mean, I was also like 12 or whatever, which is not a time when you're like real excited to do things on your own usually. Right. And um, we went on the, I remember, okay, I hadn't planned to share this, but I it just popped into my mind. We went on the It's a Small World ride. And it was um, terrifying for my mom, who's afraid of water and claustrophobic. <laughs> and she like literally was just like freaking out the entire time. And um, that was so the only ride, ride my family went on. About? Yeah, it was Gosh. great. You know mm-hmm. what? Let's look at this as a story of hope. Your mom <laughs> sacrificed all that for you. That's true. Thank you. I almost got our <laughs> family Mom. kicked out of <clears throat> Disney World because you know the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, um, like the Black Light. I don't. Did you go on that one? No, that one? I was at Disneyland. I've not been to Disney Disneyland. World. That's oh, where it was there. Were you I in California? No, in in Florida? Florida. That's Disney World. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I went to Florida one. Okay. Well, they had black lights, and I dropped, like, napkin, pieces of napkin, because they glue in the black light, and I was like, oh, my God, look at that, and I kept dropping them, and then they were like, they almost kicked us out of the park for ruining the magic. Mm. Huh. I know. I've been to Six Flags Great America. (laughs) Does that count? They've got Looney Tunes. No. Does not count. Mm -mm. All right, well. So we are not Disney people. Yeah. Um... I've been to, we drove through, what's that one, Gatlinburg? It's probably a little bit like Disneyland, right? Practically like, the same. There's a bunch of like large... Same demographic. <laughs> oh my God. Vegas also does not count if that's the next nice one you're going to yeah, mention. I was actually thinking of it. Oh, 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 I know. Wisconsin Dells. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> now now you've, you've been to enough like tertiary entertainment places that you can piece it together. No, you All guys. of those together equal Disney World. Yep. You are underestimating the magic of Disney. It's... um. It's a special kind of magic. Eric used to go to Disney World all the time. Every other year when he was a little kid, his parents would take him to Disney World. Every other year? Every other year. Parents were fucking loaded. Loaded. We told our kids, you can either have a trip to Europe or you can have a trip to Disney. Oh, my God. They said Europe, but we still don't have money for either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Then they started going to Disneyland for, like, a wedding anniversary. They went to Disneyland, and they were like, oh, we like this even better because it's, like, small and quaint and cute, and they just, like, are – they're just Disney people. They're just Disney people. Yeah, right. He was even talking about maybe pursuing a job in animation because he was so Hmm. – anyway. Wow. Uh So they decide to rebrand this coffee, and they're, like, figuring it out and looking for a name, and they decide that they want to do – sort of an homage to Disney but not get sued. Oh. Which is like a fine line. That's yeah. like a hard a hard line to walk there, right. right? They wanted to have themed coffees with a unique immersive coffee experience that tells a story. <laughs> the okay. same way like a like Adventureland in Disney World kind of like brings you to a place and has a theme and tells you a story. They wanted like the experience of drinking a cup of coffee. To like encapsulate that vibe. Okay. So this is gonna encapsulate this is gonna encapsulate Christmas vacation. So far, like nailed it on the packaging, right? Like I'm there, I get it. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I I think it's cute. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. 
Um, so they the first name that they had after Smiling Dog, they decided they were going to name it Trader Sam's, which is some sort of Disney reference that I'm not familiar with. Okay. And Disney had no problem with them naming it Trader Sam's. But some other unnamed company threatened a lawsuit because the name was too similar to theirs. Right. So Trader Sam's wasn't going to work. They didn't see that coming. No, I guess I they mean, didn't. <laughs> I mean, I guess that just wasn't on their radar. You know what I mean? They were just they worried about Trader like, Joe's. They're like so into Disney but have never heard of a Trader Joe's. Right. <laughs> I think they were just so worried about like not offending Disney that it didn't even occur to them that they'd offend Someone else. Right. That is so funny to me. <laughs> so it was actually their son suggested the name Expedition, and they went with that. Does that have a Disney reference? Well, it's like you're taking a journey oh, to a okay, yeah, fantastical place, yeah. right? I could see that. Um, yeah, so recreating the theme park experience at home is their whole idea. They are, this is being toll roasted. I think mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had said that like mm-hmm. he talked to a coffee roaster and he was roasting the coffee, but also the coffee roaster will roast the coffee for us when we don't have time, which to me kind of seems like, yes, this is being toll roasted. Especially yeah. if they both have jobs. Right. They right. Do, like when are they ever going to actually have time? It makes a little more sense that it's a part-time job if they're not actually roasting or packaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's easier to scale up to a million dollars if you don't have to do most of the work. Right. Yeah. Well, right. somehow they managed to still do it while holding full-time other jobs. Yeah. The really cool thing is that um, they've hired artists to design all this packaging who are people who have worked with Disney mm. as artists. How much did it cost? Oh, I don't know. 15 or 16, right in there? Yeah, somewhere around there, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's enough there to do all that. Um, So if you go to their website, and you should, you should go to their website and look at all their packaging because it's super cute. They have a whole page for artist bios. Oh, they cute. They have nine or ten different artists that they've worked with. They have, like, their photos, and they have, you know, a little bit about each artist and links to their websites cool. and stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. Like... You know, anybody can just slap a label on a brown craft bag. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Who are you talking shit about right now, Steph? You know what? All right. It made me think of you guys doing those. You guys did this. You guys yeah, the artist had series. artist stickers that you were artist labels that you were putting on bags, which is so cool. When are you going to bring that back? Why did you stop doing that? That's so weird that you say that because I literally was thinking about that this morning and I was like, that's oh, too much fucking work. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that was fun, but God, like coordinating with all these people and like making the decisions and getting the la- oh fuck, no, too much work. Um, simplify my life. Well, actually, because Marcus and I were talking recently about um, the special collector that we do every year for the holidays, and then Enrique, our customer and friend, wanted us to wholesale have- partner, wholesale partner, and also friend. Yeah, go to Bubo Coffee. By the way, here's a plug for them on North Avenue and 59. It used to be a Lavaza. Fucking go there. Best barista in the area. Yeah. One of the one of the best. Best in West Chicago. That's what we say. You know, the only thing stopping him from being an absolutely perfect human is the way that he orders coffee at the very last minute. <laughs> on his way over. I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> if Enrique gave us 24 hours notice, then I would... Stand behind your assessment of him being the best barista ever. You might have to, like, ask him for 24 hours notice for stuff. <laughs> I'm sure he listens to the podcast and he'll He does, hands. actually. So oh, good. He'll probably like <laughs> to Enrique. But Shut Enrique up. did make a request that we have more special release coffees. Mm. And I was thinking about how it would be fun if we were to do, like, a Valentine's Day coffee. Or Aww, do this or do yeah. that. And have, like, an artist design them for us. We could pay an artist or whatever. Fun. I don't know how Fun. much you pay an artist to do a, a bag living design. wage. I just don't, I don't know how this. <laughs> That's I, right. I think the financial piece is one that I would have to figure out because I'd want to make sure that somebody was fairly compensated or sure. whatever. And yeah. hopefully, these people. I, I mean, these people must be being fairly compensated because they're like professional artists who are working for Disney. Yeah. So I feel like they're not going to like design a coffee bag for eight dollars. That you must know what be I mean? like mm-hmm. a fucking joy for this guy to be like, oh my god, I'm such a huge fan of your work. You know, like table designer, fucking number 32, (laughs) 
from you know. So from he got Bell. he got actual Disney artists yeah. to do his bag. Yeah, I don't think all of them oh. are, but like many of them, like have done work for Disney or have done artwork that somehow involves Disney or have like helped create whatever for Disney. It's yeah. very cool. That is right. really cool. Who do you admire? Who should we? Artistic person that you admire. Artistic person, Kyle. I would have Kyle. Do Ooh, something. that'd be cool. Let's yeah. have Kyle nice. do a bag for us. We'll have yeah. all of our friends do bags. Yeah. Okay. Listen, when you, Kyle does a bag for you, you know he's gonna like quietly sneak a penis into the <laughs> yeah. design. So like, get a, a magnifying glass. Yeah. yeah. Right. Before no. you agree to that. Or not. A small penis or a big vagina. That's what he'll do. <laughs> Um, so I love how this episode we have like really done a good job of like turning everything around and making it about us. So, <laughs> this is great. Let's keep you know going. What? No, this is like this is you know this is how this is how we get inspired. They're they're so great. They're inspiring us right, right now. Yeah, they're killing it. A bunch of a, a bunch of jolly assholes. Can I, I feel like I keep stuttering. Do you think I have Alzheimer's? I've been really worried about getting Alzheimer's lately. I mean, don't you remember that whole conversation we had about this literally like five Stop minutes ago? <laughs> You're really freaking me out right now, Johnny. Kinda, Do you not scary, remember Johnny. that conversation? <laughs> I have it on recording. I can play it for you. Here's something funny. Like all of the coffees on the website are flavored. There's something like 25 coffees on the website. A lot of them are seasonal and come and go. Only four or five of them are not flavored. Hmm. But the owner, Eric, does not like flavored coffee. He That's doesn't funny. really drink it. His wife That's likes it. That's how you get to a million fucking dollars yeah. right there, baby. Cash Just, grab. Yeah. Right. You His flavor. wife likes it. So the first coffee, most of the coffees are sort of related to Disney themes. They're not like, I mean, there's no Mickey <laughs> Mouse on the bag. They're not trying to get the, sued. Right. There's right. no Mickey Mouse on the bag. Exactly. But like, think of a ride that you like at Disney World and then imagine like sort of a ver- an artistically rendered version of yeah. that theme right. more mm-hmm. than just like a direct copy. Right. So the first coffee they released was called Skipper's Brew, based on the Jungle Cruise Adventure. Oh, like Land. Jungle Book or whatever? Well, I maybe maybe the Jungle Cruise is based on the Jungle Book. I don't know what these things are. Okay. There's a ride about the jungle <laughs> at Disney somewhere. And that's his favorite one. Oh so um, I know that there's like a different Disney park, like Adventureland or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like um, Safari Land or some shit. Okay. You know, I remember my cousin talking about that. So maybe there's like a safari ride or something like that. Something. Yeah, she yeah. Was it's like, a jungle. Like that it's shit. a jungle ride. Yeah. And so they made, their first coffee was called Skipper's Brew, and it was based on that. And would you like to guess the flavor? Wait, don't tell me. Banana. Mm. It was banana. Yes. God damn, good job. Nailed yes. it. Banana pie. Banana pie. <sighs> Fuck yep. yeah. Look at me. Okay, give me more. Oh, that's the only one I uh. have. Um, okay, so here's something weird, though. I was like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Is that, like, o- owned by Disney? Is National Lampoon's franchise I, owned by Disney? I asked myself the same question as you were talking. It is not. Palmstar Media. Okay. And apparently Harvard University still owns, like, some portion of National Lampoon's because that's where this all came from. Huh. Harvard has, like, a, a funny magazine called National Lampoons. That sounds like some smart, rich people stuff. Totally. John Hughes wrote some kind of like funny little story for that magazine that later became National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. Wow. Yeah. Do they have any holiday Disney movies? (sighs) Oh, my God. They must have 1,700, right? I mean, besides like Mickey's, like, no, that's that's not a Christmas movie. There's like, it's set in winter, I thought. I don't think it's even set in winter. I think her name's just Snow White. I don't think it, there's any oh snow. Oh, my God. That's funny. I don't recall any <laughs> snow either. There's no oh. snow. It's, it's her beautiful fair skin. Oh. Yes, Marcus. Um. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's going to be like a Mickey's Christmas special or whatever, but I don't know that there's any legit Christmas movies from Disney. Oh, my God. There must be, though. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily a Mickey Mouse movie, but just like Disney produces a zillion there must be a thousand. But it's one of their greatest hits, a Christmas movie. I guess I that's guess. a good point. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe Disney's like, you know what? There's too much competition. We will literally take the other 364 days out of the year <laughs> yeah. and like, crush, it with a, <laughs> crush it with a release. That's got to be it, that there's no greatest hit. Yeah. Can I tell you about the artist? Sure. His name is Brian Collins. He's not an artist in the traditional sense. 
He's like um, an Imagineer, a Disney Imagineer. Oh. oh. Let me give you the job description of a Disney Imagineer. Designs and builds all Disney theme parks, resorts, attractions, cruise ships, oversees creative aspects of Disney games, merchandise, product development, and publishing businesses. He's doing a lot. They're artists, designers, and writers. So Brian Collins was mostly a writer when he worked for Disney. Um, Did you look up his LinkedIn profile or something? Or how the fuck do you want does his... he have a Wikipedia? He doesn't have a Wikipedia, but there's a ton of information online about him because of his current career. Oh. So let me give you his resume. He... Um... <laughs> she created a LinkedIn profile just for this. She's going to start getting job offers left right. and right. Okay, I'm going to be totally honest. I do have a LinkedIn profile, and I could have looked at... Brian Collins's LinkedIn profile, except I, I made the profile so long ago that I cannot remember the password, and I've just never bothered okay, trying to get sure. back into it. Yeah. So, um, so for four years he was an Imagineer, and he said the first job that he had, boss came into his office and said, "We're doing some work, and we're gonna like put up some barricades and block off this area, but we want you to put some like family-friendly graffiti." on barriers that we're putting up. So he had to, like, come up with family-friendly graffiti. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, and he said, like, that's how the job was. He just, like, never knew. It was so weird. That's so mm-hmm. weird, to, like, to show up to work and you're like, what do you do? Like, I, I wrote, like, <laughs> pick your nose or something. Like, you know, it's like, how does that contribute to... It's just like a tiny bit of the whole experience. Like everything has to be magical. Right. So he also did a ton of writing. He did, like... um. There were like there are like the live characters that walk around, and of course there's like Mickey Mouse and everything, but there's also just like random pirates and shit like mm-hmm. that walking around. And he wrote like backstories for all of them, so that when a new oh. actor came in and was like dressed as the pirate, they like understood their role. Right. Wow. And then like you're waiting in line, and there's like um, recordings that are like telling jokes and telling stories while you're waiting in line for the rides. He like wrote a bunch of that stuff. It's all fucking magic. Yeah, he did all that kind of stuff. You know what? This is my kind of place i think like that level of attention to detail Mm -hmm. i can totally dig it Mm -hmm. yeah there are like a thousand youtube videos and podcasts featuring brian collins and um if you're like into disney and want to like see how some of that magic is done it's totally worth like looking into a couple of those okay he after disney he's he kind of went freelance. Um, he was still a consultant for Disney, like still is a consultant for Disney. But he also worked for a who's who list of corporations, small entrepreneurial ventures. He served on faculty at several schools teaching courses related to innovation and theme park design. Did you know you could take a university level class on theme park design? Yeah. That's, That's like no crazy, crazy, right? That's right. got to be like in California or Florida. Yeah. 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 Um, he has a deep understanding of new and emerging technology and how it applies to businesses. So what he's doing now, like he's still a consultant for Disney, but he he runs something called the Brainstorm Institute which is a global innovation consulting and brainstorming session company. So, like, you've got an idea and you need someone to help you hash it out. He's like, look, you can pay me $1,000 an hour and I'll totally chat this down with you, buddy. Yes. And if you would like to have that conversation at Disney World or on a Disney cruise... He can okay. make that happen. So this oh. is more than a thousand dollars an hour. This is like it's <laughs> probably a package. This is way way deal. more expensive than me. Right. With this guy, you can walk the Disney theme parks, and he will give you like his own personal his guided, guided tour, tour. Oh, and like on. show you how it all happens. Man, this guy is raking it in. Do you want to know how much he charges for these? You know, it's not outrageous considering what you're going to spend for a day at Disney anyway. Um, yeah, let me know. So to take the stroll, which is a three and a half hour walk through Disney. So he's like a personal tour guide, essentially. Yes. yes. $129 per person. Well, that's not bad at all. It's not. Dinner, 
two hours, not including food, at a Disney park, $119 per person, and he'll just, like, tell you about his experiences. This isn't that bad at all. This is kind of cool if you're really... Yeah, I mean, well, if you're really into Disney... Yeah, I mean... And you're already spending, like, $10,000 to go there, what's another $500 for your family to walk around with this guy for three hours? If you want the package, five hours, dinner, and a stroll through the theme park, $205 per person. The reviews are fucking excellent. The reviews are so good. Everybody's like, this guy is so fun. This guy is so fascinating. It was so much fun to just walk around the park with him. We learned so much. We saw things we'd never noticed before. It is. It's like really for the true fan. Right. I'm like, if I were somebody who was any a bit interested in going to Disney World... I would totally hire this guy. It sounds pretty cool. And you would think that Disney, because they're all so hush-hush and keeping the magic real, uh-huh. right, would be like, dude, you got you to shut that shit down, man. But no, it seems like they're all about yeah, it. Yeah. it's like the real fan that's like, you know they're going to be back next year anyway. Right, so right. So like, sure, it just like lets them in on, on, on the secret. Right. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting fascinating company and i think it's so interesting to learn about the artist so the artist guy is fascinating yeah and the packaging is so cute yeah, you did a good it's job it's really cute for sure yeah. yeah so shall we brew some coffee yeah let's, let's do, do it. it all right modest coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery they take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! So here we are, we are back. And our coffee is brewing. So we're and we're gonna, doing a new format. Yes, yeah, so this is a new <laughs> format. We're going to do some clarifications during the brewing time. Am I the only one with a clarification? You are. Yeah. Indeed. Um, it's not really even my clarification. We have a listener named Francine from Boston. She's invited to the ho- uh, New Year's party. Yep. Please come, Francine. Yeah. Can I call you Boston-style Francine? <laughs> <laughs> she sent a really funny email and um, clarified me. Because I made, like, kind of a big mistake. Right. Um, Francine's Jewish in real life. And um, so she knows things about um, Jewish religious texts. Happy Hanukkah. About ju- just, like, basic Judaism. Just, you mean? like, the very <laughs> basic, like, what is the Jewish Bible called? Right. That kind of oh, shit. Oh, the Torah. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The, Yay. Thank you. Um, I, had a, I had friends who were Jewish. I um I was tra- with the Thanksgiving episode. We were talking about the Jewish connection. The Pilgrims had a couple books on the Mayflower that I said were the Talmud. Oh, but you meant the Torah. But I apparently meant the Torah. The Talmud is a book of rabbinic interpretation of and commentary on the Old Testament, the earliest portion of which followed Jesus' life by several hundred years. I wonder if the reference should have been to copies of the books of Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The word Torah specifically refers to a parchment scroll handwritten in Hebrew, one of which is usually kept in each synagogue or temple, passages of which are read during services. The pilgrims would have had copies in ordinary book form if this is what they had. Or maybe they had the Old Testament in Hebrew or Aramaic, or maybe they did have the Talmud, but I kind of doubt it. (laughs) You were right to doubt me, Francine. (laughs) It was the Torah. All right, well, consider that clarified and Look, fucking right in time. I just right wanna, in time. I just yeah. want to say I really feel like I learned something today. Oh, yeah. thank you, Francine. I really, like, I enjoy learning something, and today I learned something. And Francine also had a um, asking for advice. Um, oh, we're saving that. Which we are going to save. Mm-hmm. We're going to get mm-hmm. back to you on that one, Francine. It's a pretty mm-hmm. juicy yeah. bit of yeah. questioning. Is right. it about her love life? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, shall we do an olfactory reveal? We're I'm smelling doing it. it. Brilliant, right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I My did, olfactory is revealing. I did bring the egg uh, nog bag here, and um, it does have that, like, artificial um, 
eggnog nails that that smell in my opinion like it, it kind of smells yes like eggnog yes it you sure know? does it's it has a little bit of a boozy smell yeah. too which is mm-hmm. maybe just a chemical smell but yes yeah i'm still getting some of that almond scent that we mm-hmm. tend to get sometimes i was getting a little hint of that as well yeah i got it too but it's different this time you know um, it's festive it's, it's i feel like it's less cherry right Steph, do you want to describe how, how our rating system is? Yeah, so obviously we're going to give this coffee no bad reviews. We're going to do that by tasting it black. And then if we're not ready to give it a no bad review, we might add some cream and sugar. Or we might add some whiskey. Or if we have whipped cream. Or, you know what I like at the holidays? I'm not usually the type of person to drink like an entire glass of eggnog because yeah. that's weird but um i actually like just like regular eggnog in my coffee as a creamer oh, it's shit. delicious really so if we have some and this is not eggnoggy enough for us yeah. maybe that's an idea that that's is an idea. interesting thing that you choose to do it's really yummy it's like it's you know yeah i'm i like um, to chug it out of the like paper carton like <laughs> Like, well, just well, chug it. Well, yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good. Almost as good as out of the cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that it's hard at this point to not compare these coffees to previous coffees, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm going to try hard to just treat this coffee like the first flavored coffee. I'm going to try yeah. to treat this like maple bacon. <laughs> right. Treat it like um, like Madonna, you know, for the very first time. <laughs> um, It does not have as strong an eggnog smell out of the cup. I noticed that. Yeah. It's pretty dark, right? It looks yeah. dark. Um, it was very dark um, in the bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm definitely getting a little of that cherry almond smell out of the cup. Yeah, I'm getting a bit of a cherry almond smell. Um, how was it flavor-wise? Could we go for some sugar? Um, you know, it might need a little help. You know what? It just you needs know? a little Christmas spirit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go jingle my bells over and get the, uh, <laughs> go get that eggnog uh, and Good some idea. whiskey. Good I'll idea. We have some Japanese whiskey sitting right over there. For those of you who haven't listened to every single episode in which we've ever tasted a flavored coffee, we mentioned the cherry almond because it seems to be a recurring theme, mm-hmm. regardless of what the flavor says on the bag there tends to be a, an underlying cherry almond i am finding the coffee to be a little um a little acidic a little on the you know the bitter side um, Ooh, wow mm, hmm. yeah and it's not it's not bad that is a flavor black um well i don't know i'm, I'm like three sips in now and i'm starting to get used to it so it's like i may not need as much i'm gonna as i i'm gonna add some eggnog to my one. eggnog coffee really Okay. Yeah, I've got to tell you something. Never in my life have I had eggnog. Are you fucking for real? You're joking. Wow. Never. That's really? A... I've never once had it once in my life. It's a world first. That's Jesus. crazy. Okay, the How fact... did you grow up in the Midwest and somehow escape that fate? <laughs> well, we it was always around. But like, come on. It's called eggnog. Like, nothing about that sounds like something I want to drink. <laughs> I don't want to drink eggs. But That's now so you know weird. the fun history of it. <laughs> I do know the fun history so yeah. you're excited to try it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's weird. Okay. I want to get my hands but, on some of those like wooden noggins. But you know what? Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm a lot more mature these days than I was when I was a child. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And my tastes have developed. Maybe I won't mind drinking eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's very popular. Oof. This smells like something. It's fucking so good. Ew. It's it nutritious. Good. It's a remedy. It'll heal what ails you. No going back. Okay, I can't be doing. I feel like some whipped cream is a perfect. I'll be right back. I got to get some of that fake sugar that I've been using. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm drinking it. It's settling. It's not as burning and, and hot. Like maybe the combination of being like really really hot was like bringing out the strong points of the coffee. Um. Um. I feel like it would lend itself to alcohol pretty well. Yeah, maybe I'm going to add a little whiskey and see how that feels. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, it is extremely dark. The eggnog flavor, I'm I'm definitely, I'm getting it. Are you? I'm getting it as an aftertaste. Okay. Um, it's definitely there. Yeah, it's just like a hint at the end hmm. for me. Well, since I don't actually know what eggnog tastes like, I can't actually tell you if this mm. tastes like eggnog or not. But mm. I can tell you if it tastes like what eggnog smells like. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help. I added some fake sugar to it. Tastes better with fake sugar. Great. It is a, It is an improvement. Yeah. Wait, what did you just set down here? What is this? Oh, this is leftover homemade whipped cream. <gasps> that's what I'm going for. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, I'll take some of that, too. It's Although got, it might like, be lactose little free. bits of vanilla bean in it, Jenny. Oh, yeah. I went to Trader Joe's like a month or two ago, and they had vanilla bean paste on the shelves. And oh. I didn't see it last time I was there. So I don't know if they just had it as a special or something, but I love vanilla bean paste. Mm. Tastes good. I mean, I would say that's my Drinkable. no bad review. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally right. at a place. I don't know if I'm getting eggnog taste or not, but it's not unpleasant. I'm going to add some of this How homemade do you whipped feel? cream. Because I feel like the whipped cream, like, basically is like cream and sugar, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with those two, like, I don't actually feel like I need to add whiskey. Like, I I'm kind of good here. Yeah, yeah. This is, um,. I don't know how much credit goes to the coffee and how much goes to that delicious homemade whipped cream. Fair. It um I now that I have this yummy vanilla whipped cream, I'm not able to detect the eggnog flavor at all. Okay. Um mm. which was there before, but now all I get is the vanilla and cream. But um it has made this coffee delightfully drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Overall pleasant. You know, I would drink yeah. this. If somebody yeah. did this to me with this whipped cream, fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the right number, with the going in with the right expectations of it, yeah, for sure. Like, if you give it as a gift to somebody, you know. It's fun. It's drinkable. Make sure that they're, like, somebody who likes cream and sugar in their coffee first. Yeah. I would say don't give it, I don't know that I'd recommend it for a black coffee drinker, but. Uh Yeah, maybe not there. But, yeah, I would say if you know that somebody likes cream and sugar. And the fucking bag is so funny. And then did you guys see the back of the bag? It says um, Jelly of the Month Club on it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. They really, like, the attention to detail on this bag is great. Is really excellent. Yeah. And the um, the artist, I think Brian Collins, I put away my notebook, I think that's his name, um, he he did the writing for the back of the bag, too, of course, because that's mm. part of his whole mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah, I think this would be a great Christmas gift, like a mug or whatever, and a bag of this. Really good. Yep. Unfortunately, this is coming out a little too close to Christmas for them to be able to actually get it oh, and ship it, because well, shipping barely came in two weeks. Mental note yeah. for next year. Yes. Right. Add it to your list for next year. Yeah. And uh, is that then our episode? Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to, you guys were going to have to take this to alcohol this year, but. I was ready for it. I mean, it. this episode. We've got two Love It or Leave It's that we're about to record that are both going to be heavy on the alcohol, Mm -hmm. so I think it's good that we were able to refrain. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, If you want some more awesome content, take a look at us at patreon.com forward slash no bad reviews. You get to hear us. um, Nope. (laughs) Patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod. We're going to party this. If you want to hear the party and like have it continue for you in our exclusive Patreon club. Um, because that's where all the magic happens. <laughs> with the No Bad Reviews crew. Yeah, with the No Bad Reviews crew. Um, so, yeah, join us there, and we'll continue this party offline. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.